Hello everyone, this is Jacob Popio, the producer of The Apex. In this episode, Jan and RJ interview Beth Humbert. Beth Humbert is the founder of the Whole Lot of Love Cafe, a local coffee shop on a mission to open its doors to be dedicated to enhancing and empowering the lives of persons with disabilities through education, preparation, and employment to advance their life skills and careers. If you want to support us, there are three ways to do so. One is to donate to our cause at www.patreon.com backslash the Apex Podcast. Second, visit our merch line that is proudly partnered with Envision Clothing Company at envisionclothingcompany.com. The other is completely free. All we ask is if you learn something from this episode or know someone that needs to hear our message, share it with them. Please subscribe and hope this pushes you toward your Apex. Welcome, Apex Chasers, to another episode of the Apex Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jan Almasy, and seated across the table from me is my co-host and partner in crime, Mr. RJ Holiday. Good morning, afternoon, good night, whenever you guys are listening to this. Glad to be back. Good generic time of the day well, to you, well, listener. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got you to gotta hit on all, all areas. All areas. So um, if you guys hear any beeping, bumping, scraping, drilling, or any type of, you know, maybe seismic activity. Construction-esque We sounds. are located, if you didn't know already, down in Innovation HQ um, in the Innovation District in downtown Canton. And right outside of our doors, There's they are tracks. constructing <laughs> Centennial Plaza. If you don't know what that is, Google it. <laughs> because it's it is going to be, gonna be super cool. It is going to be a really, really cool addition to our downtown area here in Canton. So if you are a Cantonian, Cantonite, or whatever you choose to go by, um, you need to look that up. Because there's a lot of people that don't know that it's happening. And it's concerning to me. I just knew because of the construction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very fair. So today, guys, um, I'm going to have to be honest. This... Uh, if I end up needing a box of Kleenex or RJ ends up needing a box of Kleenex, do not judge. Okay. Um, today is going to be a special interview for both of us because it's a uh, topic that both of us kind of hold very near and dear to our hearts. And it's also something that I believe needs as much publicity as possible, especially in our area. Um, so today we're going to be interviewing the founder uh, of Whole Latte Love, and I will go ahead and let her explain what exactly that means. So, good morning. Good, good morning, morning. Miss Beth Humbert. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the show. Thank you. No, so, why don't we just start off there? Why don't we explain what, what Whole Latte Love is? So, Whole Latte Love Cafe is a vocational training program for young adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities that need what we call supported employment. <clears throat> So a couple more years um, of just soft skills and customer service training and um, what it's like to respond to a supervisor in, a, in a, an appropriate way, um, and also an opportunity for them to learn a little bit more about what they like and what they don't like and um, just interests in general and where they want to be when they leave the nest. Um, it's a two-year training program. And while they're there, they're learning four specific paid skills um, in customer service that's, that are very transferable. 
So they can take those skills and um, hopefully we can market them in, in a way that will land them a competitive position in the future. Um, and at the same time, they're also going to be volunteering with some of our community partners and um, learning a little bit more about, again, their interests and, and their preferences and where they want to work when they leave um, the cafe. So, you know, the long and the short, that's what it is. It's a paid vocational training program, um, allowing someone to grow a little bit more and mature, especially after high school. A lot of them leave high school with a lot of those supports that they've been used to, and mm -hmm. suddenly they don't have those supports anymore. Right. So we're just providing them with additional supports. Um, not hand-holding supports, but um, independent supports. Um, how do I get to work when my mom can't drive me anymore? Right. Um, or, um, you know, how do I look for a job on my own? And Or what if one day I want to live in the community with my friends instead of living at home? So we're going to talk about all those things. And we're also going to talk about, um, you know, very sensitive topics like um, sexual harassment in, in the workplace. Um, these are things that you can't take for granted. And, you know, just we, we got we to gotta handle all those, all those different topics, you know, just to prepare them for um, the real world. So, so, you know, to the next step. Yes. Yeah. I was actually um, last night, uh, well, actually super early this morning. So if, if at any point I sound groggy, it's because I didn't get off work till 4 o'clock this morning. Mm. Um, so when I was giving report this morning, I couldn't help but talk about the fact that we were doing this interview. Because um, the nurses all think I'm absolutely bonkers for waking up to do this. And I'm going to go home and definitely take a nap before I go to work tonight. Um, but I was giving report, and, and one thing I, I was talking about was the fact that it was, you know, that customer service, soft skills, that next step. Mm -hmm. And the nurse that I was giving report to was like, you know what? He's like, I never thought of that. I never thought, regardless of whether it's, you know, any, I mean, if it's anybody enter getting out of high school, what that first job means. Mm -hmm. He was like, I didn't make anything working fast food, but he was like, I also learned how to deal with the public mm -hmm. from a all the way to Z. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Burger King is probably my least favorite <laughs> job on the planet, but it taught me a lot of patience. It taught me customer service skills. It taught me how to like, how to get to work on time. You know, the mm -hmm. fact that I have to wear a uniform every day, making sure that that's clean, all this other kind of stuff that, you know, you're fresh out of high school they might not be processing. They no. don't teach you that. Yeah. Especially and when you're in special ed. Yeah, ex exactly. And I think that's, that's the overall point is the, the, the lack of preparedness for the general public for that type of job is even more steep for the demographic of, you know, young adults that you're going to be working with. Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody taught me how to deal with a disgruntled or uh, um, customer coming in or how to be a good employee or yeah. how to listen to someone other than my mom and dad who are telling me things to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> or right. that have to be done. Yeah. No questions asked. Yeah. So those are, those are stuff that, I mean, you just, you can't pick up on your own. Right. Right. Well, and I mean, I'm not throwing the educational system, the special ed system under the bus by any means. I mean, there's there's certain expectations that they have to follow, certain mm -hmm. rules and regulations, and there's only so much um, from an academic standpoint that they can offer um, during the course of a school day. And I think there's um, 
a disconnect in the school system for sure. Um, there's no vocational assistance. Um, they kind of put that back on the teachers, and I don't think that's fair. They didn't go to school to be vocational counselors. They went to right. school to be special education teachers. Right. So, I mean, I, as a vocational counselor, I would never presume to take on that role, and I don't think that I don't think it's fair that that the school systems make them do that too. So, and that's another reason why some of the kids that are coming out that are a little bit lower functioning aren't ready to get a competitive position. They have no clue what they want to do. I mean, there's typical kids that maybe leave school that don't have a clue what they want to do. I yeah. second that. It, yeah. it, it, it takes a while. Everybody's hands yeah, go up. Yeah. Right? yeah, it just takes a while to find yourself, you yeah. know, that, that's find your passion. Right. Yeah. The I think that it's it's would be applicable to the educational system, though. Just like they groom, what is, what is the term? Atypical or uh, mm-hmm. students or whatever. Mm-hmm. Groom them to go to college mm-hmm. or <clears throat> do special classes for um, automotive sure. or computer sciences right. or even I think Maslin has a cosmetology, mm-hmm. you know, specialization, mm-hmm. which, you know, a block of their schooling from when they chose to start it, which I think you get the option after sophomore year or something yeah. that you can start specializing even um, post-secondary, getting right. college edu- education um, credits sure. early in high school. Right. I think if, I mean, obviously I, I'm not a special education teacher. I don't know how much time and what resources are divided throughout a normal day of school mm-hmm. for those children or whatnot, but I feel like being able to slip in a vocational class, possibly, I mean, I'm not saying have them completely ready to go right outside of high school, but sure. slightly more than what they're doing at the, right. at the current time is definite, definitely has the room to be slipped in there. Sure. I mean, I feel like th- there's plenty of kids that could benefit from a vocational class, you know, just right. from learning a little bit more about what I'm interested in. Maybe they hadn't thought about you know, just yeah. by taking an assessment. Um, so there's lots of tools that can be provided, and and hopefully we're going to be able to provide those too, whether it's in picture form or it's or it's in written form. Um, and then you take those, what you find, the data, and and you roll it out into the community. And okay, so let's go talk to somebody that that's in that role, and maybe do an informational interview or mm-hmm. or spend the day shadowing them. Um, so that they have the opportunity and they're empowered to make that choice. Like, I I thought it was this, but it turned out to be this. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm not so interested in it. And that's that's fantastic. Like, you made that choice, you know? Right. Um, Instead of being thrown into it. And, right. Well, and then, I it's kind of like the square peg in the round hole kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's yeah. always been that concept for many, <laughs> many years. And I'm, yep. I just want to try and get away from that and just... Um, Give them the resources that we have as, you know, we take kind of those things for granted. Mm-hmm. We, we have the ability to explore and check things out um, on our own. But, you know, they don't drive, most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, without transportation, you really have to rely on family members or a, a paid provider or something like that. So you're limited in terms of, um, and, you know, how do you wrap your brain around that, you know? Yeah. So... These are some of the resources that I've learned through the years, and I want to be able to um, share um, what I've discovered um, that's not out there um, that I can offer just based on my um, 
academic and, and professional experiences. And plus, you know, I have a daughter that is going to benefit from this, and I'm not going to be around forever. So I want to be. I want to know that I've done the most that I have I could for her, um, so that she can be as independent as she is capable of being right. um, moving forward. And, and and her friends are and peers are no different. So I mean, that's kind of you know, doing my job for me as far as a segue. So thank you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So one thing that I'll say before we kind of, we kind of rewind back and get into the work experience and the life that, you know, led up to this happening. um, That conversation right there, right? Just, I always try to detach myself and kind of look as like the outsider looking in when, when RJ is involved in a conversation. And it's amazing to me how, true of a reflection of like the stereotypical American dream this is. And here's why. So the, like the industry, the school system is not performing to the top of its capabilities, not necessarily because of the people, but because of the system. Sure. Right. There's a lot of extremely passionate teachers, Mm -hmm. counselors, inside of the system. I would agree. But sometimes you're handcuffed by the system. Mm-hmm. What can you do when you're handcuffed by the system? You step into the private industry or start your own thing. Mm-hmm. You right. fill the gap. Yeah. It's it's it is such a beautiful thing to be able to do that where it's I have something to offer. Mm-hmm. I know that I can offer this and that it will benefit people. I'm going to do it. It's a lot easier said than done. Though. Oh, it is a lot <laughs> easier said yeah. than done. I 110% agree with that. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the same boat that we were in, yeah. you know, when we were talking just before the mics came on. And there was this gap in, in that, I mean, we call it empathetic mass communication. Mm-hmm. And it's seeing that gap, identifying it, <clears throat> excuse me, and then being willing to step in and fix it. Mm-hmm. And, but, but it takes a lot of guts to take that first step. And then I think it takes even more guts <clears throat> to ride it out. Right. Because you get smacked over and over and over again. You hear the word no a lot, but it's okay because, you know, that's a door closed. It's not the right direction to take. You Mm -hmm. just have to be still and wait for that, the right opportunity and and then run with it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You could be running full speed in a direction and next thing you know, a wall comes up out of nowhere. Crack your face off. We we change directions a couple of times. Kind of stumble a little bit, look around in the fog and then just start walking in another direction. I feel like it's pretty normal to take one step forward and two steps back at the same time. Mm -hmm. 100%. So, so, I mean, with that leading up into the, like this pursuit of the American dream, right? Um, Have you always been a North Canton native or... Since I've been married, yes. Okay. I went to Louisville High School, graduated there. I only lived there for a couple of years, and then I went off to school. But um, married a North Canton guy and uh, have been in North Canton ever since, so 33 years. Yeah. Wow. So what – I mean, so your, your official job title is what? I'm a vocational rehabilitation counselor by trade. Um, and prior to that, I was in human resources. So okay. for the past 17 years or so – Give or take, I've been helping people with disabilities find jobs. So, so what prompted that? You know, that push into that next. Because um, if you started out in human resources, mm-hmm. what kind of caused that transition? Um, well, when my third daughter was born, um, we knew something wasn't quite right. She wasn't following all the steps um, 
in the book that says, you know, how do you deal with a baby when you when you get home? And she has two older sisters, and um, she just developmentally, she wasn't hitting all those milestones like she, like her sisters were. Um, so I took some time off from work and stayed home, and um, probably three or four years, I think I was, I stayed home. And then there was a little ad. So back in the day, there was a little ad in the newspaper in the repository. Um, someone, uh, an employer was looking for a part-time um, job developer or job coach. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, based on my transferable skills and experiences, I went ahead and applied. And, um, and that's kind of how I got into the rehabilitation field. Hmm. So just a Little ad in little the newspaper. Little ad in the newspaper. Yeah. Huh? So, what it, when you first started? Did you first start um, in developmental disability and trying to develop jobs in that area, or was it in a separate area and you kind of ended up migrating into that? What did that? Yeah, it was like? more of a migration. Um, so I've worked with different state agencies. Mm -hmm. um, Back in the day, it was called BVR or the Bureau of Vocational Rehabilitation. So I had a caseload through them. Um, and I worked with all different types of disabilities and labels, if you will, mostly high school kids transitioning into the workplace, but some that have been at home for a while and unfortunately not doing anything, but mom and dad are like, yeah, it's time for you to get off the couch and get, get away job, from the games boy. and get a job. Yeah. Right. Um, so I had a lot of those cases too, or, you know, unfortunately some folks are, um, hit with. Uh, maybe a bad car accident. And so they're no longer oh. able to go back to the field that they were in. So now they find themselves at BVR or now it's called opportunities for Ohioans with disabilities. And if they qualify, then they're linked with a job developer and that would be someone that would work with them one-on-one -on -one and figure out what they like, what they, how you can take those transferable skills into the community and maybe create a different position um, that they can, be successful in moving forward. So that's kind of how I got my feet wet, if you will. Um, so I worked with a couple of different um, providers in the community um, for a number of years. Then I went back and got my master's at Kent um, in rehabilitation counseling. And from there, I went to work at um, Metro Health Medical Center in um, Cleveland. And that by far was probably the best learning experience, the best employer. Um, I So I worked in the... Uh, rehabilitation department with traumatic brain injury and stroke and spinal cord. That's and tough. Yeah, but that it is, was a such a cool, job. great people, amazing, amazing people. I mean, I would get them probably two years out post-injury um, or um, Yeah, I'm, illness. I'm taking care of them in the ICU. Right, yeah, they're not ready for Voke then. I mean, they're not, some of them weren't ready for Voke two years out, but the, the beauty was we uh, ran a, a group counseling um, program forum and it was like a six week six to nine week program they came three days a week and it was essentially getting them ready to maybe volunteer mm -hmm. um, and it also um, allowed them the opportunity to figure out okay or accept I can't go back to that welding position because yeah. I've you know my motorcycle accident kind of screwed up my brain a little bit and so they have to learn a little bit more about their deficits and what they're now capable of. Correct. Which is yeah. a hard, hard pill to swallow. Very hard pill to swallow. That's, that's yeah. a reassuring thing to, to me as a, you know, in the position that I'm in, knowing that something like that exists. Cause I did, I wasn't ever really sure what happened, you know, after 
you get yeah stable enough that you can go to a step down unit right then that's you know about all you see this was outpatient so they would come three days a week and they would spend the whole morning with us and yeah oh i i made some really good friends in that program yeah good people i'm sure yeah yeah i mean even even from you know the acuity of 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 my standpoint Mm -hmm. the i took care of a gentleman about a year ago well, maybe a little bit longer, undisclosed amount of time, um, that suffered, I mean, massive orthopedic trauma. Just, we'll just, I mean, we'll say construction accident, mm-hmm. right? Spinal cord fractures, rib fractures, bilateral femur fractures, I mean, hip fractures, everything basically from his thoracic rib cage down yard. was yeah. just demolished. Mm-hmm. And, um, he was on, I mean, he's on a PCA pump, on a fentanyl drip, like all this other kind of stuff. We ended up getting him extubated and, and everything. And, and some of the first things that he was saying when he came out was just like, I want a cheeseburger and I can't believe I'm alive. Mm-hmm. And was just the happiest human that I've like ever taken care of in that state. And it like, I, that always sticks with me. Like when mm-hmm. I'm having a crap day, mm-hmm. I'm like... It's pretty profound. Right. You know, if, if this guy can come out and all he really wants in life is a cheeseburger and somebody to crack a joke, then, yeah, he then still I'm has good. a long road ahead. Right. You know, and hopefully he'll still keep that attitude because that'll right. help him uh, moving forward for sure. This is why I find my girlfriend's profession so commendable in what she wants to do in um, occupational therapy. Okay. I mean, reteaching people the, mm-hmm. the simple things that. I mean, how to button a button. Or, well, they can ask any. Well, I mean, that yeah. the, the whole reason she went into that over PT was because her job varies. Rather than someone comes in with a leg injury, oh, you do the same six steps to rehabilitation over eight weeks or whatever it mm-hmm. is, they're free to go. They either, right. you know, get way better, a little bit better, whatever you judge them. Well, now with with the job that in occupational therapy, they can come in and say anything. I want to relearn how to ride a bike. I want to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, learn how to, you know, continue writing with my right hand, even though I don't have as much, you know, control over that part of my body anymore. And that makes her job like extremely interesting. But the, the most interesting thing about me is is the people that are coming in there and the things that they're asking to relearn or figure out how to do in a different way are the things that they care most about in their life, Mm -hmm. most likely. So rather than, you know, just mundanely, not mundanely, but working on parts of some just to walk again. This is something that they're carrying through because it is a passionate part of their life that they desperately want to get back to themselves. Mm -hmm. And that applies to people who love what they do or or any type of job field. I can't imagine, you know, going to school for X amount of years, getting the job you, you absolutely want. And then all of a sudden never being able to having all of it stripped. Yeah. Away. Having all, all after all that hard work. So yep. to find someone to come in there and, you know, if you ha- have that ability after an accident like that, to go back to doing what you're doing, but finding a way to do it differently than what you were trained and taught for the last, you know, given years. Right. And then being able to go back to that would, I, I would have to, give part of my soul to that individual who helps you uh, uh, refigure all that out for sure. yourself. Yeah, the the uh, um, program that I worked in when I was up at Metro, I mean, I worked 
collaboratively with speech and PT and OT and mm. uh, rehab psychologists and just learned so much about um, the importance of their jobs and what they bring to the table. And, you know, we take activities of daily living for granted, mm -hmm. quite honestly. And when you have a significant injury like that, you essentially have to learn all of those skills all over again. Some, you know, how do I feed myself? Mm -hmm. You know, how do I get dressed in the morning? And so, so you worked in an outpatient. Yes. So where they would come to you and was it all job related or was it daily living? type of stuff as well. Well, the vocational part was a was a part of the whole OTPT and speech. Mm -hmm. um, so some were still in um, therapy. Um, and while others may have already graduated, and they would be referred to us mm. for our voc program. Gotcha. So it was just a, a combination of both. Basically, it just depends on, you know, how long they um, have been going through the, in, uh, the the recovery process. Gotcha. The reason that I ask is my um, my girlfriend's final project for her master's degree in OT at Walsh, um, they did like side-by-side side comparisons with an outpatient program that helped rehabilitate people with traumatic brain injuries. And then there, I forget that for the life of me, I can't remember. I tried to look at my phone and find it too before I asked. But it was a program where it was like... Um, the individual would go live in a group home for a year rather than going two to three times a week or whatever it is. It was daily and they'd actually take them on mm -hmm. um, uh, like day trips rather than setting up like a mock business mm -hmm. or a mock grocery store. They'd actually go as a group and they'd live in the house and have 24 hour monitoring wow. and all, all that kind of stuff. The issue is, is people don't want to fund that type of venture. I was going to say, I wonder who's paying for that. Yeah, that's, yeah. And that is exactly the problem. And, <laughs> their hopes into shining light on this. And even their teacher told them that it would be extremely beneficial to, if any of them ever got a doctorate, actually write a paper on it and mm -hmm. find actual statistics and numbers. Because if it can be proven, she th believes that if it can be proven that it is a significant um, improvement, because I think what they said is within a year, what you retain back from a traumatic brain injury is about 98% yeah. of what you're yeah. going to get back any time after sure, that. Right. So they said if they can prove that that is a great enough difference Vital between part. that they think the government would be way more inclined mm -hmm. to fund for that type of program mm -hmm. outside of outpatient or whatever right. it would be. Yeah. So it was, it was a very interesting project that her and three other girls. Yeah, in that's program. pretty cool. But I, I, I'd never heard anything like that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, there was a year. car. There was a car in in our program where you learned to get in and out. There was a grocery store. Mm. There was um, like a bedroom. You know, it was all reenacted. But honestly, these are things that you still had to learn. Yeah. You know, to what do I do when I get to the grocery store? How do I? What's an apple? What's it? You know, some. Mm -hmm. I mean, traumatic brain injury can be significant. Yeah. So they got to learn all that all over again. So I think you know, man. A house that's pretty cool yeah and they, they would all live together mm -hmm. for for that 365 days there'd be constant monitoring and then at that point in my head at least it was kind of like well you just kind of inevitably run into the things you don't have to actively right. oh well today Create we're doing it. the car exercise yeah. today we're doing the grocery store exercise it's just going to happen over mm -hmm. 365 days right and in my in my opinion you'd probably even be able to cover more than, well, obviously, just sheer time, three sure. days over seven days. But organically, you're running into those things. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be a lot more natural to the patients rather than 
because unfortunately there is a difference between a mock store and a real grocery store. Oh, absolutely. So, well, so and I mean, organically running into a situation versus like preparing for something. Yeah. You know that you're about to go into it. Right. Completely different mindset. Absolutely. And like, there's some anxiety. And oh, oh yeah. yeah. If you if you, like organically, like imagine <laughs> opening up a drawer and having a bowl of cereal and staring and. You do it with what? What do I do? Utensil am I, I grabbing? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, like, rather than being in a rehabilitation setting, I know that, I mean, coming from the military background, you do that kind of stuff all the time when you were in boot, mm-hmm. you know, or, or any time afterwards. It was mm-hmm. always preparation for um, organic situations mm-hmm. that come up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you process it? Sure How do you make a decisive decision and move mm-hmm. forward? And And with, you know, traumatic brain injuries and stuff like that, it can be extremely difficult with different types of aphasias and mm-hmm. and and everything like that to to get to that next level sure um so i that is definitely a super interesting yeah every sorry every, to get off track that's but okay it kind of led into it a little bit i was like <laughs> this is real i mean we have someone who's in the in the field of you know rehabilitation and that kind of stuff i just kind of wanted to pick your brain on it mm-hmm. and what what you would think about it because obviously her and her student her peers Love the idea of it because it was their project. Sure. But for someone who's in the field, I mean, if it's if it if you see it as something that is worth the time and money to put in, and it's really going to help those individuals, then I think it only solidifies that she should continue with her work after sure. she graduates with her master's. Because there I you think go, Steph. It's time to get the doctorate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> planting the seed now. Well, and there's that stigma with um, brain injury, especially if you don't truly understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it can be scary because the behaviors are um, very challenging or mm-hmm. can be very challenging. Um, and I don't know. I just think um, a program like that would be so beneficial yeah. in, in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so after Metro, I um, decided... Um, five years drive into Cleveland. Um, hmm. My commute. Uh, I, I was I was sort of tired of my windshield time, if you will. So, I uh, I took a job a lot closer to home, and I uh, was the program director for a day a day program, and that's how I became introduced to intellectually and developmentally uh, disabled population. Gotcha. And that so um, as all of this is happening, um, you know, Caroline is kind of going through her life at that point as well, yes. right? Yeah. Um, and all of the idea, I mean, every video that I've watched posts that, you know, I've done my research on um, kind of attributes her as the, as the main catalyst. Yes. For, yes. for all of this coming force. to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, just because, you know, she, she did some volunteering when she was in high school um, at St. Luke's and, right. you know, just watching, um, it, it was a genuine col- collaboration. Um, you know, she loved the service part aspect and just making friends and, and they aren't judgy, you know? Right. Um, so I felt like that was a good combination. It was a good fit. Mm-hmm. And, and then she also took a class in high school through her special education program. It's called the hotspot. And, um, so essentially they served coffee and tea and hot chocolate to their peers and, um, to, to the teachers first period. She loved that class. She took it all four years that she was there. And my husband and I would periodically pop in the high school and, you know, kind of catch them in action and just observe. And, and that's where the idea originated. Like this is a cool concept and it can easily be carried into the community. Mm-hmm. Um, because the four years that she was there, she, um, 
she held on to some of those skills that she learned from year after year and they kept adding and building and and so that's where the concept came from like mm. this this is doable you know Lord knows Ohioans love their coffee. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I think just a nationwide. Yeah, days, coffee's not going anywhere. Like today. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. But I mean, this the research that I've done, destination coffee shops, you know, mission-driven coffee shops are um, what sets, um, you know, your Starbucks and your McDonald's and different places apart. Well, with, a, with an industry that's so flooded. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, you you don't get that special connection with a, a, a local business like that with, you know, unless you're talking to the barista every day and you know his, right. life, his or her life story, yeah. it's not really a, right. it's more or less a just drive through, give me my coffee. Exactly. I think if, the, I honestly think if they turned it all to automated, I don't think anybody would bat an, bat an eye. No, no one would care. people who lost their job. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. But I, ours is ours is twofold. You know, you, you were giving someone a job that um, needs a little bit more support, but we're also hopefully tearing down some of those stigma walls, you mm-hmm. know, that society has with people with disabilities in general, whether they're labeled autistic or Down syndrome or um, they have a physical disability. I mean, it's just a label. Yeah. Like, people shouldn't be judged by their differences. That's So that's the concept that we're hoping to... Um, to narrow a little bit um, and just prove that, you know, everyone's capable of working if you just give them a chance. So, Yeah. I, I mean, just like the market in general I, with any type of local owned business, I think um, that the world is kind of shifting backwards slash forwards, I guess, you know, we're taking one step forward, two steps back, but in a positive way mm-hmm. where, Everything for the last, as far as back as I can remember, which is not, you know, super far, but like everything has been focused on growth, commercialization, globalization, the speed. birth of the internet, speed, um, faster, bigger, better processors, actually faster, smaller, yeah. better processors. Um, and now everything's kind of moving backwards where it's, we're so interconnected that people want to take a step back and like actually look around their communities again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's why Canton is spending, you know, so much redeveloping this downtown area. There's little local businesses that are opening back up like Delhi, Ohio down here or Basil or up in North Canton. I mean, um, oh, what is it? Johnny's Bakery opening up another location in, in, in North Canton in the last decade. Um, and that's been around forever. Yeah, yeah they have. Yeah. Uh, at least on words, they've been around for forever, but these people are starting to migrate back mm-hmm. to supporting their communities. Yeah. Um, and it's beautiful. I mean, it's it's an amazing thing. That's where America really got started was these communities of people really kind of inter-supporting each other. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurs from the area starting a business to employ people from their area, mm-hmm. not to outsource and make a crap ton of money because of profit margins, which is, you know, you're never going to be able to completely get away from that globalization right. idea because right. we're interconnected as a world at this point. But those principles of like, starting to positively benefit your community, I think is, is, is really changing. I mean, it's, it's what we're really trying to do as far as highlighting, like what's happening in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that with, with whole latte love, that entire thought process of a giving back to a population in order to give light to that population, mm-hmm. um, and give, you know, give them fighting chance. I mean, it's already happening. Um, just with the news, the media. Mm-hmm. 
my sister had actually heard about your guys' company, and I sent her the couple links and whatnot that she'd sent me this morning. She goes, I had no clue that was in Canton, but she goes, I know. I've, she's like, I've seen this lady before. She's like, you guys are interviewing this. I was like, yeah. She's like, you're going to cry. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to try to keep it together this morning. You leave me alone. <laughs> but I just think it's cool because the platform is actually giving folks a voice that have never been heard before. Well, they have, but, you know, you know, shh, be quiet. Right. And now it's just give them the microphone, you know, and let their voices be heard. And this is where they're at. And, you know, accept them for where they're at, you know, and and help them take a step forward. That's all. So I, with, I mean, Caroline's influence on this, on the store. Mm -hmm. um, And it, and it being built right now. um, What, before we kind of get into these, this list of questions that we kind of have for you. Okay. Um, what are your guys's like her dream for it slash your guys's greatest needs right now? So I don't know um, if she truly understands the magnitude. I mean, mm-hmm. she knows we've been talking about this coffee shop for the past two and a half years, right? And and she knows that the idea came from high school, um, but she's since graduated, right? Um, and so life has come and gone. And just because I had no idea how long it would take to um, launch this thing. I mean, it's just, it's a huge, huge project. When you, first of all, you have to start a nonprofit and then you have to form a board and you have to organize that board. And um, there's just a lot of Yay, moving parts. All the legal all stuff. The, <laughs> yes. The paperwork. My yes. favorite. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then you have to write a business plan, and and you have to create a pro forma. And mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, yeah, it's a it's a nonprofit, but it's also a business. So yeah. you don't want it. You don't want to put all this blood, sweat, and tears into a business that's going to fail in two or three years. Mm. So um, your your numbers have to make sense, right? And and they have to make money. Um, so all of that had to, you know, be, be put together. Yep. Yeah, um, and then. For us, location, 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 right? Um, we couldn't be off the beaten path somewhere. I wanted it to be in North Canton because that's where we're from, and that's everyone knows Caroline. She's a big walker in town, and yeah. um, so that's her passion. And so she just loves, like, when people drive by and honk at her, she waves, and all the North Canton police officers, they kind of keep an eye on her, which I appreciate. And <laughs> um, So... Anyway, Small town USA, baby. Yeah, I love it. Exactly. I love it. Um, so she knows that the coffee shop is brewing. Um, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> that was phenomenal. She knows that um, the sign's up, and she's been in the location. Um, we actually did uh, this, our Spectrum interview there. Um, so it's real. It's a real concept, but... Um, it hasn't really hit yet. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to be working there because I mean, you will, you'll, you can ask her, are you ready for the coffee shop to open? Yeah. I think it's going to be really fun, but, um, I'm not sure she truly understands. Fun isn't the word that you use, you use right off the bat. No, I, th- <laughs> I, mean, I honestly, fun, she, yeah. yeah, she's pure joy. Honestly. I mean, she finds joy in just about everything. Um, and that's why it's going to be so cool when customers come in, um, because they're going to be greeted, by all Carol, different different types of Carolines, you know, with that pure joy, right? Um, and also, their you know their coffee is not going to be made by me; it's going to be made by one of them. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, but right now, she's she's 
placed um, in a therapeutic horse farm called Pegasus, which is out in Huntville. Yeah. A very well-oiled machine. And so she's, you know, that it was the best transition for her after high school because she's been riding horses for years and years. So so from time to time, you know, I'll ask her, are you ready to leave Pegasus and maybe work at the coffee shop? And she's like, "Uh, I don't know. Because she really likes her job. You know, it's important Mm -hmm. to her. Um, Gives her, gives her value, gives her meaning. Um, You don't have to, you know, blast an alarm in the morning to get her out of bed because she knows it's her job to go to work and feed the animals. So um, hopefully I can get her away from there (laughs) when it's time to open. So that's where Caroline's at right now. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, I just that that feeling of of job satisfaction and like actually being passionate about what you do. Yeah. I mean, that's something people search for their entire lives. Sure. And and that's. Um, but a beautiful uh, and, thing. you know, the other flip of the coin is how transferable mm-hmm. um, are those skills? Yes, she's learning how to care for animals, and that's amazing. She needs to have that empathy towards animals, right. And their care, but um, and that's that's what I really like. How about do you the market? Shop, yeah, you know, how do you market model. those skills? Um, unless you go work on a farm, which there's, you know, that's that's fine. But um, right now, when it's cold outside, and you live in Ohio, who wants to work outside? Yeah, very true. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. So, and then with with everything kind of going on, so your greatest need, right? Oh, now, our greatest as... need is funding. Um, I am going after all of the foundations now that we have an address. Um, writing, you know, sharing our proposal and um, business plan and uh, all of our marketing tools that we have. Um, just having conversations with folks that might be willing to contribute to our cause. Um, hopefully, it's a one-time, contri- you know, contribution. Um, like I said, we're creating this wall of blessings, and we want to be able to um, recognize the those that are contributing to our mission and and helping us move forward. And um, so we've created a GoFundMe. We have PayPal. We're selling merchandise on our, our website and. And, and and just for everybody's reference, we'll make sure that we get those links um, and inside of the show notes and, and any social media posts. We'll make sure that we, we give you guys access. the ability to, to follow those so that you can access this. Thank you. Yeah. And then for for anybody listening, so this isn't just to the listeners, right? Now, I'm, you guys have a responsibility, okay, because you're Apex Chasers. You know what you're supposed to do, right? You're sharing your message with people that either need to hear it for their benefit, but at this point, I'm going to ask you to share this message with people for whole latte loves benefit. If there's anybody within your network of people that you know of that are, you know, in the Northeast Ohio region or any of these national foundations that could potentially provide funding to something like this or a business that would look to some type of donation towards this cause, reach out to them. You can shoot me an email. My email is listed everywhere. Um, And then I'll make sure that we get them in contact um, with Beth. Okay, so that is 100% the charge that I'm giving y'all is to make sure that you go out there and share this message with people um, because this is something that we really want to see take off. Okay. It's all tax deductible. <coughs> Which is always a plus. Yes, it right? is. 501 <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, oh, yeah. right. Um, so with that call to action, we'll just kind of, we'll kind of wrap up with a couple of these, couple of these questions that we okay. have for you here. So, um We'll start off, I mean, this is probably one of my favorite ones because I could literally quote my grandfather all day, every day, as far as lessons that I've learned from him um, as a child. Uh, so this this first one is is um, just kind of one that's warm to my heart, I guess, because I think that people carry a lot of things from their childhood through their entire lifespan. Um, so 
what is one lesson that you remember from your childhood that you still use on a daily basis? Well, I'm a PK, so for those of you that don't know what that is, I'm a preacher's kid. And so (laughs) every eight to 10 years or so, we would move. And um, sometimes moving was a little more challenging than others in terms of adapting. But um, I feel like I was blessed with the ability to to change, um, to be adaptable to different circumstances. And um, so moving forward, you know, I'm not rigid. Um, I go with the flow, pretty flexible. Um, I mean, I have my own thoughts and ideas, and and I like to kind of see those things move forward. But um, I would say change um, was the the most critical lesson that I learned in in growing up, just um, knowing how to make it work. And that's kind of helped me with this whole project. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, kind of kind of dealing with the cards that you've got. Right. And right. Because there's there's two there's two ways that people tend to encounter that, and. and um, you know, I didn't, I didn't move around a whole lot as a kid, but my mom immigrated here from Slovakia. And so I grew up homeschooled with a mom that didn't speak super good English. Um, and then like went into high school and I mean, I used to get made fun of for messing up words and all this other kind of stuff. Um, and we traveled a lot when I was a kid. So being able to see like, okay, what, how are my grandparents living in Europe? How are my cousins living over there? What does it look like for my uncle that lives in Italy? Um, all those different kind of perspectives mm-hmm. all link into one thing. Mm-hmm. And then you have this beautiful formation where it's like, okay, I may not have gotten this position or I may not have this, you know, thing that I've been seeing everybody else on the other side of the fence seems to have. But, you know, my side of the fence isn't so shabby. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm kind of digging it over here. It takes a minute to figure it out. But yeah, yeah once you once you realize, you know, I'm not going to Italy. I'm maybe going to Holland and Holland's OK. It has a lot of interesting things. That, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That that I sometimes we encounter pathways. Right. And and I, I talk about this in in speeches sometimes where you you end up with a right or a left. Um. And, you know, I'm a man of faith, so we'll kind of talk about that here for a little bit, is that one direction might be a direction that you want to go, mm-hmm. and the other direction is a direction that, you know, whatever you might believe in is trying to push you in that direction. Sure. So most of the time when we encounter those situations, it's like gut is pointing right, mm-hmm. brain is pointing left, right. 50-50 chance. Sometimes we go left instead of right. And what I tell people is, like, if your gut is literally wrenching you to the point where you need to turn right, and nobody else understands it. It doesn't make sense to anybody. Your brain is even telling you this is a stupid idea. Mm-hmm. Try to at least go right for a short period of time because what will end up happening is your brain will override, you'll go left, and then you'll get smacked onto the right-hand side mm-hmm. because that's where you were supposed to be eventually. Right. So it's you either go there by choice or somewhere down the line something's going to happen and it get difficult, you. and then yeah. you get rewritten onto sure. the right-hand path. Yeah. But it's all about just being okay with your side of the fence. Right. You know, and what you have. And, and like you said, it might not be Italy. Maybe we're, you know, the plane and landed in Holland. Right. Now what? Yeah. Are we going to do? You're just going to complain about not being in Italy or are you going to go enjoy Holland? Well, it would have been ideal if this project would have had a, um, like a manual. Yeah. But essentially I created the manual um, and I had to, I had to take those moments where I wanted to go left, but I, I just stood still for a minute, you know, and I had to learn how to be still. 
Enjoy the silence. Yeah, and yeah. just wait for that direction. And that's kind of that was the that was the biggest pill to swallow because you know I'm type A, so do it. Let's do it. You know, jump off the dock. Um, but I had to really learn to be still through this whole thing and just listen yeah. to what God was telling me to do. <clears throat> yeah, sometimes the biggest learning curve with entrepreneurship is patience. Yeah, and once I once I figured that out, <laughs> then people came into my life that. I'd never known before um, along this path, along this journey. And they provided me or they, they, you know, they took my hand and they said, okay, I'm going to connect you with so-and-so. And and that, and it was just the right connection at the right time. Well, and then it almost starts to get weird. It, well, yeah. I mean, everything like, is like been a God thing. It's like serendipitous. Yeah. At, at that point, that's yeah. one word that Linda uh, always likes to use um, when she talks about just being in this type of area and mm-hmm. encountering the people that we encounter is that it's just all, Planned serendipity. Absolutely. I fully agree. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we'll kind of move on to another one here. And this one I feel like we kind of already answered a little bit throughout um, the show, but um, do you feel like when you were growing up that you always kind of had a drive to be an entrepreneur or do you believe that you kind of got pushed into the entrepreneurship and the universe chose it for you? The universe chose it for me. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, I think my my positions like... Um, my positions throughout the my professional career and and you know my life hat that I've been wearing with Caroline and just all the learning that took place with having a child with a disability. Um, you know these aren't things that you can just pick up a book and say, okay, now I get it. And I, you have to learn. You have you know it, it's it's almost like they prepared me for this this point in my life. Um. You know, I, I thought my last position, I was going to be there for a long period of time. Um, the program was awesome. The employees were amazing. The, the people that we were serving, all great people. But it wasn't where, it was just a stepping stone for me. It's God wanted me to be there um, to learn a few things, but to move forward. Um, right. So, yeah, that was a big, that was a hard step. That, that leaving that position was a hard step for me, but it wasn't the right place for me to be for a long period of time. And looking back, um, you know, it was a rough year and a half, but, um, it, I taught, I, I learned a lot. So prepared me for this jungle that I've stepped into. Yeah. So. <laughs> that is probably the perfect way to describe <laughs> that journey is yeah. that it is just, I mean, you don't know what kind of booby traps are waiting behind the next no. tree. It's a beast. Yeah. No, but as long as like the 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 one concept I see is that you've taken small parts from every position that you've been in, mm-hmm. and then it's you know it's refreshing to know that um, even if you haven't been going about your whole life preparing to be an entrepreneur or you know be your own boss or anything like mm-hmm. that, that you have the capability to take and retain skills from all your previous jobs and then throw it together and be like, Hey, I'm not half bad at this. I think right. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't go straight to, I don't know about that, but yeah. Right. Um, it's, I think this is where God wants me to be because he's placed all this stuff in my path for the past two and a half years. He hasn't mm-hmm. given up on me and I don't feel like he's going to give up on me yet. This is, this, um, we're going to be helping a lot of folks moving forward. And, um, so it's, it's where I'm supposed to be. So um, we just got two more here. Uh, one of them we're just going to kind of leave off. But uh, with Christmas coming up, you know, that's a lot of times people people buy, I don't want to say superficial things, but they, they buy things like a pair of shoes or, 
you know, clothing, stuff like that. And I was really kind of curious about something that would really add um, either emotional or intellectual value to somebody. And so one of the questions that we have listed here is if you had to buy a book for someone that you cared about for Christmas, what book would you choose and why? So I thought of two books. Is that okay? That's fine. Okay. Perfect. Um, so one is called House Rules, and it's by uh, Jody Picot. Um, I'm a huge, huge fan of Jody Picot. Um, this particular book is all about disabilities and um, autism and learning about Asperger's and, and all those little quirks that, that work. And it's just she did such an amazing job in her research and her portrayal of, of the individuals that are in this book that um, I think if someone were... Um, you know, maybe they just um, discovered that their child is autistic or has a disability in, in, in some form or fashion, this book would would give them hope. Hmm. And um, so that would be, a, a and, and it would also provide some, um, some background information on why things are the way they are and not to be scared because it's all good. Um, the other one is called Freedom Writers. It, it, it's, mm. it was a movie years and years ago. Mm-hmm such an amazing book. Um, and this one's by Aaron Gruel. And I, I have always, always loved, um, the book, the movie. I mean, just everything about it, just being the underdog and providing for, um, you know, a population that needs to be heard. Um, so those are my two books. Yeah. Those are both. I mean, and we'll, and we'll take those and we'll list them you know, as well for people that, that want to, are interested in reading them. The Freedom Riders is, that is definitely. Is that Sandra Bullock? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Yes, <laughs> I want to make sure I'm, I'm referencing yeah. the right movie. Wait, no, brain. it wasn't Sandra Bullock. It was, um. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, was I wrong? <laughs> <sighs> Hold on. She was in another movie, like a Clint Eastwood movie, and she was like a fighter, a boxer. What was oh, her name? Oh, now I know who you're, was that, um. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can picture her face. I don't know her name. (laughs) Freedom Riders film. All right, guys, we're going to sidetrack here. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm going to tweak out because I thought it was Sandra Bullock, too. Yeah. Where's the cast list? RJ, I think that you. IMDb, boy. We've we've earned our rabbit. We've earned our rabbit hole. For <laughs> I need to know now because it'll bother me for the rest of the day. Might as well do it on air because you know someone else that listens is doing to this, it. Yeah, we're doing it for, they're, this they're is for screaming you. at the microphone right now, <laughs> like wishing that we could hear them. Like it's this person, you idiots. I can picture her face, but I can't recall her name. John Lewis, Diane Nash. Hillary Swank. That's it. That's who it is. What took you so long? <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on IMDb right now. <laughs> Hillary Swank. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. is not so Yeah, famous. she did great. She was, was amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well, there you go, guys. <laughs> there you go, guys. Hillary Swank. <laughs> That's who we were looking for. Yeah. Um, okay. It just seems like a Sandra Bullock movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> before we re-dive down that rabbit hole um we've got one more question and then and and then after this normally what we do um is i always tell guests not you haven't had the floor the entire time but this question i think kind of leads into your monologue right the message that you want people to hear 
uh, laying the heart out on the table and really kind of connecting, okay. right? Um, and so that last question is, if you could have a billboard placed anywhere that said anything, and hypothetically millions of people would see it, what would it say? I, I feel like, and this is sort of my my tagline, um, you know, no one should be defined by their differences. Um, and, you know, as we work together, we're better together than we are, you know, independent. But um, I don't know, I'm also a huge fan of um, Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. And I think one of her, her sayings that has always kind of stayed with me is, um, people may forget your name, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And so I think that's, I don't know if that's too long to be on a billboard, but, um, you know, just embracing everyone's differences and, you know, taking a hand and just being kind and <laughs> helping people move forward. Kindness is free. Both, both are great. Yeah. And you're right. There's <coughs> the, the emotional impact that you can make on people through little things that you do on a daily basis. And I think, I think once the cafe is fully up and running, I think there's going to be a lot of emotional impacts that are going to be made on a daily basis I that so. are going to not only make loyal customers, but bring people in just for the sheer fact of, you know, that being passed down from, you know, sure. one person's mouth to another person's ears. Right, right. I mean, there's definitely um, a reason why we didn't want a coffee sh or um, a drive through. We want people to come in and pause and take a moment and mm -hmm. get to know the folks that are working the cafe because they have a lot to offer. And um, again, breaking down those barriers, that's that's the critical component, like introducing folks into the community um, with disabilities. I mean, they need to be in the community. They have a right, just like you and I, and um, they have a choice that they should have choices um, for work as well, just like you and I have had um, those opportunities. And, and so that's what this platform is, is providing, is just giving them a voice and giving them some opportunities to learn and grow and expand and leave the nest when they're ready. Can't think of any better way. Mm. No. Especially drinking coffee, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, could have, I, I was thinking that I was going to have time to stop and grab a cup this morning, but because of the roads, I decided to get here without my coffee. <laughs> but now the whole latte love is open. I'm going to stop there. Um, all right, guys. So I think that that's, I mean, Beth, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for coming well. on. Thanks for having me. 110%. Um, especially, you know, with the pseudo blizzard <laughs> going on outside. Um, I definitely really appreciate you coming down and taking the time to talk to us for sure. Appreciate it. Thank um, you. And then you, listener, I know I'm in your either car speakers or coming out of your phone headphones. or in your headphones. Um, we talked about this earlier. You've got a job. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I, I need you to listen real close. <laughs> All right. You need to tell people about this. You got it. Spread the wealth. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching because I can see statistics <laughs> on our tracking. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> the pressure. Yeah. So <laughs> if you know, I, I know that there's the normal that's already there. So if I don't see a spike, I'm coming after you. <laughs> All right, but in all serious, guys. Um, Ooh, it, one one thing. Shoot the. I'm not sure when this episode is exactly going out, but when is the official open date for 
whole lot they love. Well, that's based on the construction. And um, so there's some variables with regards to that too, you know, between the architects and the contractors and the engineers and all mm -hmm. that. Um, we're hoping by April. Okay. But um, realistically, probably May. Okay. Yeah. Just, just to give our listeners, because I'm assuming this will be out long before Oh yeah, but uh, we won't just want to give them an idea of when you know they can get their get their own hands on your guys's coffee and make a stop into the store whenever it's open. So, well, we will definitely be um, sharing the progress <laughs> that we're making through our Facebook page, and we'll be we'll be we'll be shuttling that out through all of our social them. medias and stuff as okay. well. Great, Perfect. yeah. Go ahead. Sorry for cutting you off. I just oh no, make you're sure. good. You're good. I, and that just means that the the more people that they reach out to, the more funding that we're able to yep. get. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. that's the most know, critical piece right make. now. It because we all a new full, equipment. A full build out ain't cheap. Right. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> I mean, I tried to find a place, a, a restaurant, a pre-existing restaurant, so that it wouldn't be as you know costly. But um, sometimes they don't exist. <laughs> they do exist, but um, it just depends on the realtor, mm -hmm. you know. Yep. And again. You know, it's business. It's big business. And, and so if you don't find uh, a realtor that believes in... I was also looking for a realtor that believed in our mission and um, and was willing to, to help us out a little bit with the build-out. So I think that you'll find plenty of people that, um, that listen to this that have that attitude that will believe Great. in what you're doing. That's awesome. So Good. Um, with that, Apex Chasers, um, as always, you know, uh, if you'd like to find Whole Latte Love, I know it's Whole Latte Love on Facebook. Whole Latte Love Cafe. Cafe yeah. on Facebook. And then the website? Um, it's wholelattelovecafe.org. Okay. So those are the two places that you can go to find information right now. Uh, we'll be reposting information on ours. Um, as always, for us, we only have one mission, and that's to go out, share the message with somebody that you think that needs to be positively impacted by this episode. Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it is at yon underscore almacy. Uh, RJ is at doc holiday 92. Right. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then, um, I actually, you know, for those of you that are hip, uh, oh, your boy has a TikTok, <laughs> So you can go to yon underscore the apex podcast on TikTok, Uh, and any other social media sources. I mean, I'm sure if you type the Apex Podcast, and any of our names into Google, you will find us mm -hmm. um, if you want to follow our content. So with that, I hope that you guys have a tremendous rest of the generic time of the day that you may be listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Have a happy holiday season and new yeah. year. Yeah. Be safe. And we'll see you next time. Cheers. <laughs>